1: and good afternoon and it's another beautiful afternoon in the pacific northwest here and i'm jay bozovich west West westland county 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 Commissioner, host of the close and robin i'm quite an echo um how we doing now that's better a little, little bit of technical difficulty there we'll try that one more time I'm Jay Bozovich, West Lane County Commissioner, and I'm the host of the Bo's Nose Show, and we're coming to you live, at least for now, from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon, and uh, it's been an interesting couple, you know, about week and a half here, uh, about a, 12 days ago, uh, the Lane County received a, a threat of deadly violence, uh, and particularly named commissioners in that threat, uh, so I've been dealing with uh, that for the last 12 days and just the the little bit of mental stress that comes with that a little bit of trying to do the planning work because as board chair i have to also be responsible for uh, the safety of our meetings and the public in those meetings which is kind of concerning so one of the things we had to do last week was have sheriff's deputies there with metal detectors uh screening people as they came into our commissioners meetings which you know doesn't necessarily make things welcoming for the public and you know part of this is how long do we keep up those sort of of, um safety uh screening and all that you know how long do you keep up this kind of security not you know was the threat just a threat you know from some safety that was never meant to be carried out you know one time thing or just something that was meant to scare the bejesus out of us uh, and wasn't serious or was it really a serious threat and we have to keep going because uh we don't know we haven't you know found the person responsible or determined any of that so it really is um, something you kind of have to think about daily as the board chairs you know how do we how do we go about this and of course we had to borrow deputies for last week's meeting because it was kind of short notice our next meeting we're actually going to have um the regular screeners that 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 do the courtroom security doing the uh, screening out there and what some retired um, deputies doing the actual uh, security work for us uh, next time so we're not actually pulling deputies out of active uh, law enforcement duty but you know that's kind of where what's been going on here in Lane County and and, you know it's an interesting thing um, to deal with. You know, personally and also just as the board chair and professionally and even got, you know, my sister um, is a psychiatrist and something I don't talk. I haven't talked about much on the Bo's Nose show. My stepdad was a psychiatrist. My sister's a psychiatrist and actually has a fellowship in for forensic psychiatry, which is the psychiatry of the criminal uh, mind and criminal acts. And I had a conversation with her about about was felt this was serious or not and from what i could could relate to her because we have we don't we're not supposed to talk about specifics of the threat but she basically said everything was there that this is a serious threat and should be taken seriously uh so kind of even confirmed through through her that i should be paying attention to this and being careful so it kind of makes you you know concerned because You know, as a commissioner, your life is a bit of an open book. We publish every week all the meetings the commissioners are going to be at because we're required to by Oregon public meetings law that we have to notice any meetings that there might be a quorum of the board and uh, any meetings that the public's allowed to attend. So you know, you could pretty much know where I'm going to be on a lot of different days and uh, it makes it so you kind of look over your shoulder and if you see somebody in a crowd you don't recognize, it looks a little shady. You know, it, it, it it's a little bit disconcerting, so. Life, life under a death threat, uh, something interesting and new for me and uh, something I hope I don't ever have to repeat again and I'm really disappointed that it happened because it just seems to happen because of some of what's going on in our country. And it, and it just came in within a week of the Parkdale shootings, so you think about somebody that was willing to send this kind of threat in in the light of that now it could be a copycat of that in some ways but but not exactly um it just speaks to kind of this this downgrading of the atmosphere and, and the whole issue of somebody that has that mindset and that um willingness to to cause that kind of angst out there and uh, you know and if they're serious about it to be that sick uh, sick mentally which leads to a whole much more you know happier topic was that I was able to actually um, be the welcoming speaker today and I was kind of honored to be there for the Healthy Direction Coalition and, and their annual celebration, it's their first annual celebration, because they just formed last year, uh, of the things they've been able to do. And the Healthy uh, Direction Coalition is a group of people in the Florence area that are getting together to try and reduce underage uh, alcohol use. And it's a bunch of different people. I saw people there from the Siuslaw Fire District, Oregon State Police. There was a gentleman there that is the school resource officer to the Siuslaw
0: School District.
1: There were folks there from NAMI. There was folks there from the City of Florence. And there were folks there uh, from Lane County's uh, prevention, and uh, substance abuse folks whole bunch of different people there all working together to try and address this issue and if you don't think it's an issue they had some statistics that were from a recent survey of 11th graders at Sayuspa high school the question was in the past 30 days have you used alcohol tobacco and other drugs and the thing that came back the most common was alcohol and almost 35% of 11th graders had reported having at least one drink of alcohol in the last 30 days. Now, mind you, 11th graders aren't anywhere close to 21. And what is really surprising was over 20% had reported having five or more drinks in a row in the last 30 days five or more drinks in a row that's binge drinking over one in five high school juniors this isn't seniors this is high school juniors at how high school said that they binge drink in the last month that's a pretty heavy percentage you know i i was in high school there's some parties that went on but it wasn't i don't once a month that heavy of a partying of 20% of the school's population. I just don't think it was happening like that back in my day. And it, it leads to a whole other set of problems. You know, the alcohol use, you know, we all know happens, you know, and the, the the other abuses that come along with females that are under the influence, the 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 deaths on the highway of folks under the influence. And one of the things I was, you know, pleased to be able to talk about a little bit there is how this effort to. Underage alcohol use fits into the overall strategic plan for Lane County. We've got this strategic plan that we're actually getting ready to adopt the next three year update of our strategic plan, but our existing strategic plan, one of the categories that we we were prioritizing was being a safe and healthy county and in there buried in the strategies was a lot of Uh, substance abuse prevention, and particularly trying to prevent access to alcohol, tobacco, and drugs for our youth. Effort to kind of educate the public down there, and that's part of what this group has been able to do over the last year is complete like a community assessment. They created their own strategic plan for this particular effort. Um, They formed some work groups, and one of the things they've been able to do is actually try and do some positive work, not just go out there and say, you know, that's bad, you shouldn't use alcohol, Uh, bad businesses for your practices that allow access to alcohol for minors. They've actually formed a recognition program that is recognizing family-friendly retailers in the Florence area. So it's a Florence area family-friendly retail campaign and they've actually awarded these, this family friendly certificate to several businesses in the Florence area that sell alcohol but do so in a responsible way. And, and a few of the places that have received it are like Resto Bar down, on, um, down in Old Town and a, and a few other places. And it's about you know one, not having a lot of external advertising of alcohol and and so the kids walking by aren't seeing all this advertising of alcohol uh, and and all that the the other thing is they check in with the um folks at olcc and make sure that they've got a clean record as far as sales to minors and all that goes and basically and you know not having heavy displays that are kind of called for or more aimed at younger younger uh, folks and if if you know they go in and find these businesses and, and determine their family, what they quote family friendly um, businesses that, that deal with alcohol, they're giving them this reward. And that that really is kind of a positive recognition of people doing the right thing versus trying to go out and you know tell people they're doing the wrong thing. And I think it's a really good start for the coalition to start out with that positive side. So I was really happy to speak to them and it was really interesting because I had a lot of side conversations because they also had a little bit of a lunch there and I got to talk with people before the the thing and I stayed around for a good half hour afterwards speaking with people about all sorts of um, issues rela- that are interrelated to this and particularly um, this one uh, woman that was there from uh, NAMI which I, I'm going to miss the acronym National Association of the Mentally Ill or something or for mental illness or I, I'm not getting exact uh, back, but it's an advocacy group for folks with mental illness. And we got to talking about the whole issue of of how difficult it is to access mental health services and the need for building capacity there. And some of the efforts that Lane County has been doing and Trillium as our coordinated care organization in cooperation with Lane County and our federally qualified health clinics and everything we're trying to do to help build that access and also to divert folks from the criminal justice system into proper mental health treatment and how we're trying to boost access for the youth and remove the stigmas. You know, one of the things that's recently been in the news is Lane County has activated our incident command structure after some recent uh, teen suicides and youth suicides. Plus a little bit and trying to be proactive on, on Dealing with that issue, and uh, it's just interesting. One of her comments to me was, after talking about everything that we're doing, it's like nobody really knows about some of that stuff. I said, yeah, it's you know, kind of one of the things that drew me to be an accounting commissioner is how broad of a of the issues we deal with and the multiple programs we were involved in. But it is really difficult to let the public know about all that stuff. So I'm going to talk about a lot of that today. And we'll go over some of the things that Lane County does, what's available to the public out there, how if you know somebody that might be suffering, you can get a hold of us and, and 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 we can try and help you out. But if there's other topics you have in mind, because I'm always open to anything somebody else wants to talk about, because really this is about me being available for you folks to talk to about Lane County government or any other issues you might have on your mind. You can call the Bose Nose Show at 646 721 9887. And just one of that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the conversation. That's four six seven two one nine eight eight seven, 9887. And again, press one. Some of the things going on in Lane County about mental health that Folks may not understand is, you know, we've opened these um, federally qualified health clinics,
0: which is kind of an important
1: aspect and something that actually uh, Congressman Peter DeFazio initiated, and uh, we've we built on some of his efforts here in Lane County. We have six clinics now here in Lane County that are uh, under that certification, and that allows folks um, with receiving Medicaid, uh, Oregon health plan to access those for their primary care versus going to an emergency room and those people regular care. But one of the things we've done in those clinics that people might not be aware of is we have co-located mental health providers in with our physical health teams. We have a team approach in those clinics where there'll be a couple of teams located and those teams will be, you know, a doctor, a uh, Physicians, assistants, uh, nurse practitioners, or whatever, on down to just the uh, medical records folks. (laughs) They work as a team in in treating various patients and keep tracking patients and all. Part of that team is the actual mental health provider at that location. So if there is an issue that comes up in the – most people come to those clinics with a physical health issue, but as they're in there and they realize there's actually an underlying mental health issue that might be causing some of these things, like uh, neglecting care of, say, uh, type two diabetes that's causing issues with uh, foot pain and all that. That neglect may be driven out of some kind of depression or something like that, where people are, you know, not dealing with some of their other issues, and having the ability to bring that mental health provider in. To the team while the patient's there, instead of having to have them leave and come back to some other facility,
0: really gets
1: them connected with that behavioral health treatment in a much more immediate way and a much more direct way. And that's something we started several years ago that people may not be aware of this this, co location of physical and mental health services in the same building under the same team. And it's really been effective for that, that. effort. That's one piece of the puzzle of that whole provision. You know, some of the other things we're doing uh, are widely, you know, coming under different places. We have something in Lane County called the Human Services Commission, which is a cooperative effort of Eugene, Springfield and Lane County to kind of pool some of our resources and match with a whole bunch of federal and state resources and there's a joint um, governance through the Human Services Commission of some of the allocation of those resources. In that particular uh, venue, we have managed to actually staff an additional CAHOOTS van. Now, you guys may have seen the CAHOOTS van out in the Eugene and Springfield area, and it's actually a crisis response team. And the folks
0: in the CAHOOTS
1: van consist of an emergency medical technician, like you would see on an ambulance uh, or with a uh, fire crew and a mental health provider professional that's trained in in that crisis response. So it's a dual response. Again, physical health with mental health. And they are the guys that get called instead of the police when there's somebody out there that's um, like standing on a street corner yelling traffic or something like that or you know is obviously uh in distress and and rather than have the police come pick them up take them down to our jail and they end up booked into jail which is not where you want to treat somebody (laughs) folks, folks can respond sometimes with with the police or they're also sometimes not and actually deal with those people and get them to treatment somehow or another so another part of this is Lane County actually got um, grant funding and started a 23 hour crisis clinic in the last couple of years. And that, and that sounds kind of strange, but there's a difference between um, the acute uh, mental health clinic that's run through Peace Health, where they keep people you know, anywhere from 24 hours to 21 days. To try and stabilize and get them back out into some other uh, treatment setting this is about uh, less than a day trying to get people um, through a crisis and, and then maybe hand it off to it may they may end up at peace health in that acute facility they may end up in some other facility but this is a get people you know it's a place for the cahoots people to take somebody And that's really what's what was a critical missing link in the system in Lane County. We've managed to open that quote 23 hour clinic uh so that we're not keeping people overnight, which changes the designation and 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 what you need certification wise and all that. We hand those folks off that need overnight um, treatment somewhere else. And ultimately this is about keeping people out of the state mental health hospital up in Junction City or Salem. You wanna treat people at the lowest level of um involvement possible for mental health and definitely the jail is not one of those places (laughs) and really that's really what a lot of these programs are about and really what's more effective though is to get involved with youth early on like this healthy directions coalition and trying to keep them away from things that create mental health problems and one of the things it does is adding addictive. and and neurochemical altering drugs during a phase when your brain is still developing. And all of the science now points out to brains develop all the way through age 25, 26, maybe even as up to 27, is what science is now telling us. And that your brain pathways are all still being formed. There's certain parts of your brain that are still developing. And, and believe it or not, one of the last parts of the brain that develop, and this makes a lot of sense is that you know frontal lobe uh actually controls impulses, so one of the last parts of your brain that develops is impulse control, so if you think about the foolishness of youth uh, you need to understand that and that how you even as a twenty year old you may not have a fully developed impulse control, which is why you'll see you know young people sometimes doing pretty silly things and and makes for some pretty great youtube videos or america's (laughs) funniest home videos sometimes but uh, (laughs) not not that's older people too um but you know it's about some of that impulse control Yeah. and what makes it worse is when you start introducing things that can actually alter that brain development and and if we can get in there with some of our prevention programs that we're trying to provide through some of these collaborative efforts, like the Healthy Direction Coalition in Florence, like the Human Services Commission that we have jointly here, through our all of our collaborations with Trillium, our CCO, which involves multiple uh, folks everywhere from Peace Health to Lane County uh, to you know all these uh, nonprofits that are providing services here in Lane County, right down to when you get down in the Florence area, Sausal Outreach Services uh, receive funding through all these various mechanisms. But if we can get in and do prevention and try and keep kids away from those drugs that will alter their brain chemistry as they're developing, ultimately there may not be as many adults that we have to provide mental health care for. So it's a really important aspect. I was really pleased to work with the Healthy Direction Coalition over the last year. And I'm happy they're down there in Florence in Western Lane County. It's not just Florence. They're actually focused on everything west of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, and that's really an a isolated area sometimes on health division. And, and it really helps to have that group there being active, working on collaborat- collaboration. Um, Bob Teeter with Saeeslaw Outreach Services spoke there. Shar um, Revis, who is the current chair of Homes for Good, which is the housing authority in Lane County, uh, as actually also the chair of the co chair of the Healthy Direction Coalition. So you see all sorts of uh, groups involved in that. And it's one of the things that's kind of become modern governance and, and service provision when it gets to these sort of things in in anywhere across the country. If you can't put together collaborative coalitions of groups, no one group has got the resources to deal with some of the issues we're faced with in our society. And that that leveraging of each other's expertise, of each other's funding streams and and backstopping each other and working in a team A collaborative team is the way to kind of get things done now, where it's not one person that can resolve them. So I always saw outreach services by themselves cannot deal with everything that has to be done relative to homelessness and domestic violence out in the Florence area. They need help. They need the help of everybody from uh, the Kids First folks, giving them uh, assistance when it comes to child abuse, to the sexual assault support services, giving them assistance with folks that are dealing with with sexual assault to women's space, helping them through some of the domestic violence situations they have, and maybe possibly temporarily relocating women that are escaping domestic violence. Uh, it's all of those cooperative efforts. And then when you look at how somebody like Saw Outreach Services is funded, they get some money through public safety streams in the justice reinvestment grant program from our public safety coordinating council for victim services they get some the money from the human services commission for some of what they're providing in the way of homeless assistance they get a lot of money from the community just in direct fundraising so it's not just one piece of the pot you know they get they get you know pieces from all around that and, and that's really You know how you have to provide services today. If you're not working collaboratively like this coalition, you you can't make an impact. And it's something I've been really happy to do is to help put together some of these collaborative efforts and to work with them and to be of assistance and where I can Um, advocate for funding, uh, leverage funding. It's really an important piece of what you do as a commissioner, And, and. a sort of hidden piece, and, and I didn't realize how hidden it was until I was talking with this person from NAMI. We should understand our mental health system and should be familiar with it. And she wasn't even aware of some of what we were doing. We got to talking about the fuse program, which was in the news not too long ago. Uh, it's our frequent user system engagement program that we're working with shelter care as the uh, profit providing the actual service but it's a lane county funded program addressed some of the most high users of emergency services in lane county and trying to reach out to those folks who are typically chronically homeless and and also addicted or having severe mental health issues which is one of the reasons why they're chronically homeless and they're constantly accessing emergency services of one kind or another, whether it's police calls and ending up being booked into the jail or it's uh, fire and eMS ambulance response and ending up in an emergency room. they cost us tens of thousands of dollars a year, each one of those people we estimate about thirty five thousand dollars a year, and what the program was was to try and reach out to to top users as we develop this list from all these emergency service providers and find those folks, get them into temporary housing immediately. Give them intensive case management to try and deal with why are they in that situation that chronically homeless situation, connect them with services and we can do that for about $14,000 a year, which is so, we're saving about $21,000 right off the bat dealing with these folks. And it ultimately, as we get the intensive case management in place and deal with the underlying mental health and addiction issues, they may become productive members of society again and not be costing us any money a year. So, that's, you know, it's a true, you know, fiscally conservative program. But, you know, one of the things that this person wasn't aware of was our Trillium the CCO that we have here in Lane County just gave us a $200,000 grant to double the capacity of our fuse program over the next year and to continue that pilot because they see how much money it's saving their system on the on just the emergency health provision side to get these folks in housing deal with some of those issues that are you know basic chronic health conditions but end up becoming acute emergency room conditions mm-hmm. because they're going untreated due to all the other issues these people have so uh, it was surprising that she wasn't aware that that how thrilling and supporting that program she knew about the program because she had been to a presentation from shelter care recently it was it was interesting to see that, you know, she was pretty familiar with some of what shelter care does, but didn't understand that Trillium was involved in the in the collaborative effort to provide some of those services. So always interesting, you know, one of the things I forget sometimes is how much I know background wise as a county commissioner because I deal with this daily and all day long. So it's one of those things that you really um, um sometimes forget and we need to talk about it more, all these various things that fit together and are commingled and working as a, as a system of all these various programs that ultimately are trying to provide this, this web of services to help folks um, um, stay away from drugs and alcohol and everything like this Healthy Direction Coalition to dealing with people that have lost the battle are homeless and accessing emergency services constantly and costing our society a great deal of resources on an emergency basis versus grabbing a hold of those folks, getting them housed, giving them intensive case management, and getting them back stable again and costing us much less. So it's a pretty interesting topic in general mental health. And you know, having to deal with with the current threat against the commissioners and all that stuff kind of brings into sharp focus how much of a need there is for mental health services in our society today. And whether we're talking about Parkdale or we're talking about the threat against the commissioners, or we're just talking about trying to keep youth from binge drinking once a month in, in our high schools. Uh, it, it it's just such a, an issue that we need to continually to focus on and one that I have have been focusing on as a commissioner through the stepping up initiative that we uh, adopted about a year and a half ago here in Lane County where we're, we're really trying to divert people out of the criminal justice system and into the treatment system for mental health and that was you know part of you know where we added three mental health providers into our jail medical staff specifically to do assessments. And to try and do warm handoffs out of the jail and into the treatment system versus just turning people back loose that have you know maybe arrested on a misdemeanor charge because of some mental health crisis and going back out there so always interesting being a county commissioner sometimes it, it's um, daunting what we're dealing with but sometimes it's so exciting because you just know so much more about what's going on in the background and maybe the general public. And you can kind of tell there's a little bit of excitement in my voice about this whole issue of mental health, because it is it is exciting watching this collaboration happen. It is exciting seeing some of the programs be successful. And one of the important things about all of this is we also have to keep doing you know, effective uh, research tested you know, programs that have have shown results and keep measuring those outcomes and make sure that where we're putting our money is actually providing the outcomes we wanted so that also comes along with doing all this and that that come focused versus just output focused is really important so. Uh, kind of an exciting thing here in Lane County. I've been droning on about mental health and all that for a while and I want to give you guys a chance to get in here on the Bo's Nose Show. Give us a call 646-721-9887 just press one let's robin my call screener and producer extraordinaire know you want to get in on the conversation again 646-721-9887 and just press one and we'll talk about what you want to talk about today on the Bose Bo's no show it could be something completely different you know, we could be talking about you know fake news and other things you know yeah. and, and, I have to talk a little bit about running for re-election here, which I don't like to do too much on the Bo's Nose show because that's not really the purpose of the show. But when we get down to fake news a little bit, uh, that's something that bothers me. I think some of the reason that, that might motivate people to be angry enough to give us death threats sometimes is, is because people have a tendency to information out there that's not accurate and emotionalized stuff that governments do which leads to that that distrust and hate by some people enough to actually make a threat of violence and recently there's been multiple uh, candidates in my race that have mentioned that I voted for my own pay raise nothing could be further from the truth And I just want to make sure folks understand that. And I've actually um, asked the candidates to make a retraction around that because they actually put that that statement in writing uh, out. And it's clear from the record, there was a budget committee discussion of the recommendation of the uh, elected officials compensation board to the budget committee to raise the commissioners where I voted against that motion in the budget committee. When it came back before the board, we separated the motions into just the commissioner's raises versus the sheriff's and the uh, judge's raises that were also uh, part of that elected officials compensation board recommendation. The recommendation that came out of the budget committee, we separated it. I voted no on the commissioner's raises there and yes on the sheriff's raise. When it came back as one motion that included the commissioners raises, I voted against it then also. All three times that the commissioner raises were before the board for the budget committee and I had an opportunity to vote on it, I voted no. But there's folks out there willing to throw out there that I voted for my own pay raise just to make people angry out there. Gotta wonder how often statements like that lead to the the anger that would cause somebody to show up to a baseball practice of the Republican caucus of our congressional house uh, in Washington, D.C. and shoot up a bunch of folks there because they're mad about what they think Republicans might or because of what they may have heard or read on social media or somewhere else. So it's a real responsibility, I think, of society today to get away from sensationalizing, stretching the truth or even direct misrepresentation which i which is in this case the case um, you know that the, the board ultimately approved raises for the board but not with my support if you know, they think that i voted for my own pay raise was a factual misstatement i clearly did not And it's those sorts of things that lead to that that emotional state out there and the division in this country. Yeah, we've talked about this before in, in the Bo's Nose show. There's an effort to divide people and pit them against each other in groups by by some politicians, because it's one of the ways they can hold power. And we've you know, this is true throughout history. You find, and particularly to find a group outside of your society maybe to choose, you know, that, that you know, the xenophobic sort of thing that goes with it's them. They're the cause of our problems. They're why we're having, you know, food shortages or they're why, you know, taxes are so high or whatever else. You know, focus on them, focus on them, the outside enemy versus, you know, fixing whatever is wrong internally and and, and try and that's the way somebody can hold up how- yeah, and, and you see that we need to resist that urge as a society. We have to stop trying to divide each other, telling untruths about a group or a person to try and generate an emotional response because that's what generates enough an mm-hmm. emotional response where somebody unstable or with a, you know, a particular agenda is willing to submit a threat of violence against another person or even to carry it out. You know, think of all the terroristic acts that are actually politically motivated. You know, that are actually about politics. And that and the person that's actually carrying them out has been fed a bunch of propaganda about a certain group that they need to take, you know, vengeance on, you know, because some action and perceived wrong. You know, so we really need to be careful about. Fake news and false statements go along with that. And I really um, would hope that folks out there won't fall into that trap. Question what you're being told. Find another resource to verify a fact before you repeat it out there in in the ethernet of, of the world, whether it's social media or just repeating it in, in cocktail conversation. We really need to be a lot more careful as a society uh, about that, because yeah, you know, we we just spent half of the Bo's Nose Show talking about you know what we're trying to do for mental health, but we also know the reason we're having to do all that is that there's such a need, and there's people out there that are struggling with behavioral health issues, and adding fake news into that society where we don't have enough mental health providers there are folks that are out there that have untreated mental health issues and you're going to throw something out there that may be just the trigger for that person so take personal responsibility don't be and i hate to use the word trigger because that's also got a whole bunch of political connotations to it right now Um, but don't be the person that's throwing red meat out there that's repeating false statements (laughs) verification of facts before you repeat a statement. Don't go by one source. Just because you kind of heard a statement about commissioners raising their pay doesn't mean every commissioner supported it. How easy would it have been for the folks that made that false statement about me to actually go back and check the voting record in the meeting minutes to see that I voted negative. In fact, if they had just Googled commissioner pay raises, they would have gotten the article from the Register Guard that mentioned it was a 3-2 vote with Commissioner Bozovich in dissent and even had my quote as to why I voted against it in the Register Guard story. How simple would that have been before you actually repeated something that was a falsehood? So this I'm jumping on my soapbox here for a little bit and, and I hope you can can tell it's something that I care about because obviously it's personally affecting me right now. Nothing like living for the last 12 days under a threat of violent, deadly violence to focus you on the fact that somebody out there putting out all this erroneous, emotional, fake, and false news could actually drive somebody to the point of of putting out a death threat. So take some responsibility, folks. Double check your facts. Find multiple sources. Make sure those multiple sources aren't just using the same single source as, as the source. You know, the, you know, just because you saw it in the card and the, the Obergonian, if it was an AP story that was the source, that was one source. You know, yeah. make sure you've got, you know, you've got. You know, understand it's a factual issue before you start spreading it repeating it reacting to it don't be so quick to suddenly react to something you see on social media you know just say, Hmm, that's interesting if it was true i should go and see if it's true before i post an angry blazing response and and share it back out on my own page you know that's really what people need to have that little bit of impulse control. Oh, we're back to impulse control and brain development. Here we go full circle on the Boz nose show uh, as we we talked earlier about why it was so important to keep kids away from brain altering uh, chemicals as their brains are developing and that the last piece of brain development that happens in a human being is impulse control. So. Don't be a teenager. Don't be uh, an adolescent that doesn't have that impulse control when you see that piece of no- news that just gets your goat and what makes you want to share it back out with some flaming comment on social media or talk about it at a cocktail party and. and pull that impulse and take a few moments to be the adult that has a fully developed brain. And find out if it's really true first. So, that kind of some of the stuff I had on my mind today as I was preparing for the Bose Nose Show. I really like to hear what's on your mind. We got about 15 minutes or so left on the Bose Nose Show. Give us a call, 646 721 9887. Just press one, and you can get in on the conversation here on the Bose Nose Show. Through a lot of red meat out there. We can talk about mental health. We can talk about drinking and youth. And we can talk about, you know, collaborative coalitions. We can talk it's about fake news. We can talk about death threats. Um, there's all sorts of stuff we can talk about. Or we can get into, you know, state and national news. We know the legislature finished its short session uh, this last weekend. There were some things they didn't get done. Some things they did get done. Uh, There's this whole issue of whether or not they're going to uh, reverse a tax break for small businesses, uh, or at least what they call pass through taxes, uh, from S corporations and LLCs. Uh, They passed a bill that would reverse that, but it's sitting on the governor's desk and she's waiting to sign it. It's a $200 million swing either way. Uh, So it's kind of like dude. Do you want the governor to sign that bill or not sign that bill? We can talk about that a little bit. We can talk about the fact that they didn't get around to doing anything with the cap and trade. We can talk about the fact that they didn't refer the measure for uh, national popular vote. And and we can talk about some of the things they did do, like they expanded the um, ability to remove um, firearms from somebody that's been um, had a restraining order thrown on them for various reasons. And sometimes uh, that might be a good thing in some cases. Sometimes restraining orders are issued without a whole lot of uh, evidence because they're kind of um, usually default to issue them and, and deal with it later. So kind of there's a due process issue in that new law. So. Anything you want to talk about here on the Bose No Show, we can talk about what the state legislature accomplished or didn't accomplish. We can talk about what's going on here in Lane County. Uh, we can talk about it all that's on your mind. If, if you don't call in and talk to me, I might just break into song and we all don't want to hear me sing because I can't carry a tune. 646-721-9887 here on the Bose No Show. Just press 1 and uh, we'll get you in on the Bo's No Show here pretty quick
0: you know it's funny because i was going to pop in and say that if folks if you don't want to hear jay sing give us a call make a comment on facebook email something just please don't let him sing again
1: (laughs) yeah we all know yeah there's kind of a history of singing commissioners um and, and if anyone wants to see something interesting uh rob handy's last board of commissioners meeting he sang a goodbye song that i I think was a self-written song or something like that, that I think made uh, actually a YouTube uh, clip out of that, that got a lot, that almost went viral. Um, I'm trying to avoid singing as commissioner after that performance by former commissioner Handy, uh, because it kind of got ridiculed pretty heavily. (laughs) Uh, So I don't don't necessarily want to be the singing commissioner. um, So please call 64- Six seven two one nine eight eight seven and spare me, <laughs> please. <laughs> so, Robin, what's been on your mind for the last week? We haven't had much of a chance to talk over the last week. I've been pretty busy. It's amazing how much, um, you know, running re election and just being a board chair and the extra duties that come with that keep you busy. Um, what, what's on your mind last week?
0: Well, I mean, I was kind of concerned about that kind of touch on what you're talking about, the small business tax. I mean, I saw a brief, or the pastor, I saw a brief thing on I hadn't had a chance to do any research, but if if memory serves me right, we also had, like, in the early years of Obama, that stimulus package, I believe, that was supposed to give some extra money to the, our tax break, to the individuals in Oregon somehow managed to keep it.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it kind of... Um... Far for the course with with the legislature, I know that actual revenues coming into the state legislature increased over the biennium from what was originally projected when they passed their budget um, in 2017 in the long session in 2017. So this 200 million dollar swing with this this tax break from the feds should have been made up in that additional revenue because the economy in Oregon's been booming. I mean we've here in Lane County, when I took office, there was about 135,000 and change people employed in Lane County. And it's now over 156,000 people, over 20,000 jobs gained since I took office here in Lane County. And the average weekly pay has gone up during that time. So it's not only a number of jobs, it's also people are earning more per week, you know, because they're, they're working more hours or the actual hourly pay has gone up. So it's really um, been a a, a big increase in the economy in Oregon. Oregon's doing well economically. So because we're an income tax state, revenues are doing well for the state. So it's kind of like, why did they have to do this? You know why? Because they took that excess revenue and they've already spent it on other programs and expansions of programs. Um, And that's kind of, you know, so what they tell you is if they do do allow this tax break to go through and they lose that 200000000 million, they're going to have to cut something. Well, it, what they're going to cut is what they already spent in extra money anyway. So it's kind of disingenuous that, that the legislature kind of took that stance and, you know, if it was up to me, I'd let the pass through um, tax break go through because it, it's really about small businesses. My wife's business is an S corporation You know, it's the entire business grosses about $500,000 a year. It's not a big business. So a break for that business just means we're gonna be a little bit more viable and that we're gonna be able to keep our employees employed, maybe be able to give raises and bonuses or something in the next year. And it's not really going to be great rich, um, Anyone here? It's going to be about how we're able to to deal with the business, and, and that's really what it comes down to. Is those S corps are actually um, double taxed in some way. In some ways. So yeah, but they only consider it breadcrumbs. breadcrumbs. Sorry, Robin, I stepped on you there a little bit.
0: Ouch! No, they they only consider it breadcrumbs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 200 million breadcrumbs. I guess if you have, you know, over a 20 billion dollar general fund budget, you can consider 200 million breadcrumbs because it's just one percent. Uh, that's that's just about what the Powerball jackpot is, isn't it? If you took the lump sum. <laughs> yeah,
0: very. There, hey, there's your solution.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe the state should be buying its own Powerball tickets. I can't do that, can I?
0: No, because it's not for investment purposes, it's for entertainment only.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's That's true. true. Yeah, and speaking of, do you realize that March is Gambling uh, Addiction Awareness Month?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right into, uh, oh, we have something coming up on Sunday. What's that? Something that affects everybody in uh in the state of Oregon, I or at least on the west coast, and that is the time change.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, which you know, I really like daylight savings time. I just don't understand why we go back and forth between the daylight savings time. I I would rather get up in the dark and have some extra light when I get home from work and get stuff done than than uh get up when it's light out, and come home when it's dark.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you know, Oregon tried it.
1: uh, Yeah, way back then, Sonny.
0: Oregon tried it one time, and then they, um, as an experiment, then they put it back because it was too dark for the kids.
1: Uh, It's dark in the morning anyway when the kids are going to school, even with the time change, uh, especially through of December and January. I mean, it's just now starting to get light at 6 a.m. and, and a lot of our schools, the bus pickups are at 7 because um, they're starting earlier, some of the schools are, so especially the, I, I'm out here in rural areas where the distances are longer and can be a 45 to an hour bus route to get around to the various stops and get into school. So, the kids are out at the bus stop in the dark anyway. and. So many kids now are driven to school anyway, so I don't know why they're concerned. <laughs> because the real issue was about safety, was the original um, reason for why kids couldn't be out at the bus stops in the dark or walking to school in the dark. When's the last time you saw a kid walk to school?
0: Uh quite often around here.
1: Yeah, I guess so. You see a few, but it just I, it, it just seems the whole time change thing's gone out of date, you know, dates. you know, somewhat it dates back to farmers and all that. Um, I, I just, I, I'd be happy if we just stayed on daylight savings time year round.
0: Well, if you think about it, thanks to the interweb, we are a, uh, global economy. And so it does kind of confuse things.
1: So, I know when, uh, Elizabeth travels out of country, which she does for her business sometimes, um, I always have to think now, is it seven hours or eight hours difference to England? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is, will I get you out now or, or safe?
1: Yeah, yeah. Can I call now or am I going to be waking her up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but hey, on a, on a side note, uh, I want to throw out some thanks out there to uh, some of our listeners and people who uh, visit Facebook. That we're getting a few extra likes and people are visiting us more often and telling their friends. And I want to, you know, just give a shout out to you people. Thank you and uh, you know, keep keep telling people about our channel.
1: Yep. And and you know, there's so many different ways to get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us, you know, by email at talk at krbnradio.net. dot net. You can call into the show at 646-721-9887 you can message us on facebook at our krbn internet news talk radio page Um, and there's all sorts of ways to get the show you can get us through itunes if you just search for krbn internet news talk radio on itunes and you know, there are other places you can get a hold of me. You know, this show isn't the only way I, I reach out. I'm on Facebook. I've got my own personal Facebook page. If you want to see poodle pictures, you can friend request me, just my Jay Bozovich personal page. If you want to talk about county issues and see county news, you can go to my Jay Bozovich West Lane County Commissioner Facebook page and like and follow me there. Um, so there's all sorts of ways there, and you can message me both, through both pages and of course you know there's the county email and my phone number are readily available out there so you know we talked a lot about mental health and some other service provisions we have here in lane county if you have um, a question about that or want to get connected with services drop me a line through any of those ways and i'll try and get back to you and connect you up with who you need to talk to because it's one of the things i like to do for constituents and a lot of the constituent service i provide is just having enough knowledge to know who to connect people with to get what they want, you know, uh, out of go- out of the government they have, um, because that's really, uh, like I said, I almost know too much sometimes, and it, it's, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none, but at least it gives me the ability to connect people with the people that are, are the masters of whatever it is you want to deal with, whether it's a building permit issue or it's a mental health issue um i i can connect you with the correct person to talk to about that so um please get a hold of us through through krbn internet radio or through my regular stuff uh, email talk at krbnradio.net uh email or calling us here on the show like us on facebook um, We'll we'll try and keep you informed, but also if you have a question uh, for me about a service that you're trying to access, be more than happy to help you connect with the right person.
0: Exactly, and don't forget about hashtag Don't Let Jay
1: Sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, please call in with your questions because if not, Jay might sing. And I really don't have the range to sing most of what is popular nowadays. if you can't tell uh adam levine and i do not have the same vocal range
0: <laughs> little acapella <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah well his his falsetto is, 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 is higher range is definitely not anywhere in my my capabilities
0: <laughs> oh so so you weren't part of the Bee Gees.
1: well Hearing that music come on says it must be close to the the end of the Bose Nose Show. Anyone that was out there listening today, thank you for listening to Bose Nose Show. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. We'll be back next week to talk to you on the Bose Nose show. I really appreciate you listening and uh, hope you had a great week and I hope you might have learned something today. So enjoy this great Pacific Northwest we live in and have a safe week. I'll see you later.